This is episode number 686 with Ruth Yakubu, Principal Cloud Advocate at Microsoft. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast. Today I'm joined by Ruth Yokubu, a deep expert on open source options for ensuring that we deploy AI models responsibly. Ruth has been a cloud expert at Microsoft for nearly seven years. For the past two, she's been a principal cloud advocate that specializes in AI at the multi-trillion dollar tech giant. Previously, she worked as a software engineer and manager at the consulting giant Accenture, and she's been a featured speaker at major global conferences like Web Summit. She studied computer science at the University of Minnesota. In this episode, Ruth details the six principles that underlie whether a given AI model is responsible or not, and she details the open source responsible AI toolbox that allows you to quickly assess how your model fares across a broad range of responsible AI metrics. All right, let's jump right into our conversation. Ruth, welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. Where in the world are you calling in from? Um, John, I am calling from Midtown Manhattan. So just in case you hear sirens in the background, <laughs> just know that I'm in New York. So that's like a normal sound for us. Nice. Yeah, for sure. So I am also in Manhattan, downtown. So maybe we'll hear the same siren go past your window. And then 10 minutes later go past mine. Yeah. Although exactly. we're we're filming in the middle of the day, so it would be more like an hour later. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh nice. So, uh it's great to have you on the show. We met in person at the Open Data Science Conference ODSC East in Boston, and we got to know each other over lunch, mm -hmm. and I found out what you were talking about at ODSC East, and I thought it would make for a fascinating episode. So, well, thank let's you. dig yeah, let's dig right into it. So uh, what is responsible AI, Ruth? Um, that's a good question. Um, funny enough, I used to wonder uh, about this. Is it just a slogan? People, there are different word terms that people use. There's ethical AI. I thought that was a different thing. There's responsible AI. Um, but in the context of uh, Microsoft, when we talk about responsible AI, it's more of um, principles that we have to adhere to. So there are core areas. Number one, fairness. When you're developing an AI solution, um, you need to ask yourself, is it fair um, to people that are going to be using it? Is it inclusive? Um, so I used to wonder, okay, if it's fair, then it's inclusive. Uh, but one thing that we have to uh, keep in mind is, let's say for disabled people, there are about a billion disabled people out there. So when we're creating our applications, do we take uh, uh, that demographic into consideration? So those are areas that we have to think of. Um, are we thinking of uh, things outside of the box, um, people that we're not including in our use cases? Um, that sort of thing. Another area is data and privacy. Um, so this is not just, okay, I put a product out, an AI system out there. Am I respecting people's uh, data and privacy? This also comes when we're actually building the model. 
where did you get that mo- that data, um, <laughs> John, to do your machine learning training? Um, so it's um, both sides that we have to take into consideration. Um, transparency, that's a big thing now uh, because uh, AI tends to be a black box. So being able to understand why it made a decision or why it made a mistake um, and why. Um, there's also industries that do a lot of regulations. So you need to uh, explain, let's say, to a doctor why you went about predicting that this patient has this type of uh, diagnosis. Um, then trans, there's also accountability. Um, this is the area that is on top of everybody's mind. When we create AI solution, who's responsible when things go wrong? So it's more of a practice of uh, uh, being able to be accountable for uh, AI systems that we create. So with Microsoft, uh, we created these um, six principles um, for us to practice within the company. And that's why we call it responsible AI. Nice. I got you. So I was able to jot down five at least. Uh, fairness, inclusivity, data, and privacy. And reliability. I forgot reliability. Reliability. Reliability Uh, and safety. Got it, got it, got it. So fairness, inclusiveness, data, and privacy. And it's interesting that you mentioned on that data point, I don't usually think of myself, and you you highlighted it yourself already, Uh but it doesn't, uh, when I think about data privacy, I'm thinking about making sure that our users details are safe, that no one's getting their credit card numbers, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, or in the case of Microsoft, you guys have lots of, you know, people's searches, people's emails, obviously a uh, huge number of corporate clients, probably one of the largest numbers of corporate clients worldwide. And so obviously user data and keeping that safe is there's probably thousands of people at Microsoft working on that, uh-huh. but it, it didn't occur to me this other piece about where data come from. Uh-huh. So the provenance of the data Obviously, that also can be sensitive. We see a lot these days with, um, for example, with the large language models that are creating images, yeah. we see things like the like the, the stamp from the <laughs> provider of, of the images. So like these, these data are coming from copyrighted sources potentially exactly. where, yeah, we run into issues. So yeah, it's very cool that you highlighted that. Explainability, accountability, and then reliability and safety. I should give you a chance to explain that one now too. So uh, reliability, um, that one too, I'm like, look, is it reliable or not? That's pretty straightforward. But think of, uh, let's say if we're building a smart car, um, there are so many use cases that we need to think of. Um, How does it react when it's rainy? How does it react when uh, it's around pets or children? How does it react at night? So when we we have to think of outliers, like use cases that are like way, way out there. So um, the normal use case versus the ones, the outliers, um, that's where reliability comes into because we're thinking of uh, everything possible and the safety of it as well. So I'll say a smart car is the only, um, what's it called, analogy that I can think of in that category. But yeah, nice. anything that's reliable. <laughs> oh, that makes sense to me. That's a good example. Yeah. Um, so cool. Yeah, so we've got the responsible AI principles. 
And I understand that because this is such a centrally important issue to Microsoft, that a large team at Microsoft has been working on open sourcing something called the Responsible AI Toolkit. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is such an important initiative that it isn't just Microsoft developers that are contributing to the project. My understanding is that it's also opened up to anybody, whether you're a Microsoft employee or not, you could be contributing to this open source ecosystem. Yeah, um, that's uh, very correct. Um, and for me, I just started uh, working. Uh, I took uh, interest and passion into responsible AI in the past year. Because for the longest time, I feel like we used to hear theory, 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 how all of these areas are important when we're implementing our solution. But when you come from a developer or implementation background or you're a data scientist, um, we think of practicality, like how can I apply this into real world? Um, so um, one thing, since there was a huge gap that the data science and AI community um, needed, um, one of the things that organizations um, did was um, start um, building um, solutions around responsible AI. So one example, there's a company called Fair Learn, and given your model, it can identify areas where um, your model may not be fair. So do you have uh, sensitive features like age, gender, ethnicity that uh, your model can potentially have, like a maybe age bias or maybe uh, racial bias, that sort of thing. Um, there's another one called Interpret ML. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have worked with uh, SHAP and Lime when it comes to model explainability and interpretability. Um, as you all know, um, doing all of that from scratch from a notebook is like the very time consuming. So these companies have gone ahead and implemented solutions like this. Another area is uh, another company is uh, error analysis. Um, so they've also put together a solution that uh, given your model, even if uh, it says it's 90% accurate, realistically, there are pockets and demographics within your data that um, your model may just be 20% accurate. So it exposes areas like that. So these are organizations that created solutions and also there are also academic institutions that also created solutions. Then Microsoft, kind of like how you mentioned before, Microsoft research teams have also implemented solution because this is the area that the industry, at least the data science community found that, hey, we are lacking, we don't have any solution that will help uh, uh, developers, ML professionals be able to debug their machine learning models. So all of this was put together and all Microsoft has done is package everything into one holistic area, uh, into one holistic package for, let's say, um, Python users. And you'll be able to um, call this libraries, but it's an open source uh, project and solution. So kind of like how you mentioned, um, you and I and um, the public can be able to utilize it for free. We want to make it um, available to everybody, but also 
uh, have people contribute to it. Um, so that's a responsible AI tool uh, box. You're also going to hear of our responsible AI dashboard. Um, it's the same functionality, but this is a new feature announced last year um, that all of this is actually integrated into the Azure Machine Learning Studio. So already, um, I'll say um, data scientists or ML engineers are already doing their E2E or end-to-end -end, uh, machine learning uh, life cycle processes and why not put everything into one place? Nice. So the responsible AI dashboard has been integrated into the Azure ML Studio. And so this offers people who are already using the Microsoft Azure cloud ecosystem for their machine learning, their end-to-end -end development and deployment of models, they can be taking advantage of the dashboard. But mm -hmm. all of that functionality is also available in the RAI toolkit that's open source. Yeah, exactly. So literally nice. when you have your model and your data set, um, whether you plug it in the uh, Azure um, Studio or run the insights with the, uh, the open source version, you're going to get the same insights. Nice. And so to dig into some of those insight capabilities uh, for our listeners a little bit more. So you mentioned there's... Uh, one thing that was interesting to me is as you were describing this responsible AI toolbox, you were talking about companies. You were like, one company did this and a couple of companies were doing that. So it's interesting to hear that it sounds like maybe companies that specialize in these particular kinds of things, like companies that specialize in interpretability, they collaborated specifically with Microsoft on this responsible AI toolbox to provide best-in-class functionality on that particular feature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's funny, one of the companies is uh, error analysis. So that's the very first component that you do see in the dashboard. So um, whether you use your library directly or um, you come to the responsible AI um, dashboard, the user interface is pretty much the same. Um, so yeah. and when it comes to model interpretability, um, some of those use cases are pretty much um, the same as interpret uh, ML. Nice, cool. So uh, so when you say like the error analysis dashboard there, it's interesting because there's like, you mentioned how the responsible AI dashboard with like a capital D, that's the thing that's integrated into Azure ML. But you could be in the open source RAI toolkit and go into the error analysis dashboard with a lowercase d, and so that's like, yeah, it's a dashboard for being able to do error analysis, which allows us to better interpret models and maybe identify situations where, uh, yeah, the model isn't treating groups equally, for example. So mm -hmm. you could identify situations where a sensitive group has a different error distribution than other groups. Um, and so this allows you to diagnose. It's, it looks like you can do it visually in this system to identify what's happening with either your data or your model uh, in order to be able to, yeah, fix that issue. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so maybe you can realize, oh, look at for this sensitive group, we're actually collecting data in this different way, or we don't have enough data or mm -hmm. something like that. And you can patch up the issue. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so kind of like how you mentioned, um, yeah, it's it, it makes it very easy for you to identify where the problems are um, and also quickly mitigate 
the problem. Um, like one of the features that I really enjoy um, analyzing is the data analysis section. So sometimes, because I feel like data is a very big uh, blind spot. So um, as you identify where all this demographic that could potentially have issues uh, in your model, even though your model, uh, when you ran it, did the analysis, the accuracy score was uh, 97%. And you're like, hey, we're ready to ship this out. Um, and you come to the error analysis, it finds all these errors. Um, all of these different components build on each other. So you can create cohorts of where those uh, issues are occurring to do further investigation. So error analysis is just for you to identify where issues are. When you go to, into like model overview, the different metrics that we utilize, it's hard to really you pick one and say, I'm gonna just look at accuracy and not recall precision. So it gives you a holistic way of um, looking at your model and seeing where the disparities are coming from. And one interesting thing is your model may be performing very well in one cohort of data that you create, but very poorly in another cohort of data that you create. So the question is, what is so special in one group versus another? Um, so those are things that you can do in a model overview. But um, with um, data analysis, let's say you work for uh, a loan application process and you have like a, a whole bunch of um, applicants uh, submitting their applica application. You can look at the data distribution um, because you can see, okay, where do I have overrepresentation in my data and underrepresentation in my data? Because if you have overrepresentation, chances are your model is going to be favoring the biggest population. So if I have more, let's say, married women um, versus single um, moms, maybe single moms have like a very good stable job, have a very good um, uh, credit score, but why are be they being denied? Um, alone versus uh, a mother in a two-parent um, household. So it can show you disparities and show you whether um, this population, are we fairly treating them or based upon maybe historical data, um, we are singling them out, um, that sort of thing. So it can expose a lot of things um, about your data and help you uh, accumulatively with all the different components in the dashboard. Uh, I feel like it's a buildup of a story at the end of the day, stuff that uh, issues that you find in one uh, um, component can actually validate and confirm other issues or even expose more issues. So by the end of the day, the end developer has a holistic view of Oh, so this is how my, um, what's it called? My model is be behaving. These are areas where it performs well, and this is areas where it's very erroneous. Nice, gotcha. So you've got these, within the Responsible AI Toolbox, you have these different um, 
areas, these different kinds of dashboards, like the error analysis dashboard, which we already talked about in some detail. There's the interpretability dashboard, which allows you to use uh, techniques like SHAP and LIME, which are kind of well-known techniques for um, identifying interpretability. But this interpretability dashboard makes it easier to get going and you can compare uh, model interpretability alongside these other kinds of diagnostics like error analysis. Um, so yeah, so we've got the error analysis dashboard, the interpretability dashboard. There's also a fairness dashboard, which I don't think we've talked about in too much detail yet. No, uh, initially, um, yeah, the fairness is kind of incorporated into all of the different components that you're doing. So when we talk about dashboard, everything is just one dashboard. You're just going down through the fairness uh, assessment uh, as you so, so it's like it's different areas where we can so we can visualize these different aspects across the same so you have one pane of glass uh, where you can see all of these kinds of metrics together mm -hmm. um, so the responsible AI dashboard lowercase d in the responsible AI toolbox has all of these different kinds of widgets, like mm -hmm. visual widgets that we can see like, yeah, for error analysis, for interpretability, for fairness, and then the overall kind of, I think this is what uh, the last time you were speaking, you were kind of providing us a sense of overall how this um, responsible AI dashboard ties everything together into one place mm -hmm. that you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because um, it's actually components like you, as you build your model, you may be like, okay, I don't want to look at model overview. Just uh, when you're creating the dashboard, I just want to focus on data analysis and feature uh, importance where it does the explainability. Um, so you can pick and choose which components um, you want um, everything to be displayed on that dashboard. So it's easily... Uh, interchangeably um, uh, available. You can remove some, you can add some. Nice, very cool. Yeah, so you can pick which widgets you want uh, to have in the view. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And then so in terms of the nuts and bolts of using this tool, so you mentioned that it's uh, available in Python and, and of course it's open source as we've mentioned a number of times. But in terms of how, like, how does somebody use this? Like, where would a data scientist as part of their flow, like, do they import this as like a Python package as they're getting started on modeling or, or um, yeah, like, I, like just explain a bit, like how we, how we use this as part of our flow uh, mm -hmm. as a data scientist creating a model. And then is it like a separate browser tab that opens up on our machine or, or how, how do, where does it show up? Um, actually, that's a very good question <laughs> um, because, yeah, at first I was like, okay, where does it come into the picture? Because I'm used to training my model and how does it get to this dashboard again? How do I insert it? Um, but yeah, you're right. Everything that you're used to doing, you can just cleanse your data. You have your test data. You have your training data. You trained your model. You did everything. The next thing is literally one line. Uh, it's like a constructor, and that's where you're telling it, here's my model, here is my data that you should utilize to evaluate the model. Um, what type of um, model am I using? Is it a classification use case? Regression. That's right. it. The next thing is, that's when you go um, shopping. 
what components do I want <laughs> to include? I want to look at error analysis, give me the whole work. So error analysis, feature importance, um, data uh, analysis, model overview. We haven't talked about counterfactuals, but uh, counterfactuals is actually very important as well. Um, then causal analysis as well. So those are like different components that you can add. Um, but all of those are just a few lines of code. You're just adding to the object of um, the dashboard. And once you're done, you just say run analytics and it generates, you'll uh, run the insights, you'll gather all the insights from your model given the test data that you're done. I mean, that you provided. And at the end, it'll just spit a URL. I should I should have used a different term, but it'll display a <laughs> URL, and you click on it, and that's when it opens a very nice browser, um, and it's a very nice, uh, easy, um, user interactive um, dashboard. Um, and the two, to be realistic, you only import uh, two libraries. One is called um, responsible AI uh, package. Um, there's one uh, RAI widget, so like the display of things. Um, so this is kind of good because I mentioned all the different companies um, that have contributed to it. Um, also Microsoft Research, all of these come with different libraries. So can you imagine if you were just doing right. one, that whole um, install statement would be crazy. <laughs> and probably if you're doing analysis, you probably do one analysis, save that notebook, bring and open another notebook to do another analysis. But not knowing insights or things that you're discovering, everything is probably interrelated with each other. So that's why putting everything in one dashboard and having one holistic view and story um of what's or the state of your model and how it's behaving um is very useful um to make a data scientist more productive sounds perfect i it i think i now have my head wrapped around why this is such a value add why this is such a straightforward option for any data scientist to be working with because all of us who are deploying models into production should be mindful about some or maybe all of these responsible AI issues that you've outlined. So things like fairness, inclusiveness, data and privacy, explainability, accountability, reliability, and safety. Uh, with this responsible AI toolkit, we have one install that we need to do, and then we get one dashboard for our model to be able to monitor all of these things, uh, be able to do error analysis, interpretability, model fairness, uh, all, as you said, under one roof with one install and having one holistic view and story. You summed it right, <laughs> just perfect. <laughs> like you, you used it before. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think I'm going to have to now. I'm going to be recommending it to my team for sure. This seems like a no-brainer to be using. And uh, while we don't have time today to dig into counterfactuals mm -hmm. and how those relate to causality, for our listeners who are interested, you could check out episode number 607 with Jennifer Hill, which was released um, half a year ago. And in that episode, it's focused 
entirely on that. So it's, it's mm -hmm. causality with counterfactuals. And so, um, yeah, the responsible AI toolbox, it looks like the documentation also has information on counterfactuals that you can get right there in the tool, as well as all of these other topics that we discussed today. And I can see that there are some, you know, there's, there's more than we even had time to cover, um, mm -hmm. all of which is uh, unsurprisingly for such a uh, tightly run ship mm -hmm. uh, with so many resources at Microsoft. Um, yeah, it's, it's all very nicely put together and well-documented. So definitely check it out. I'll have a link to the GitHub repository in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Ruth, thank you so much for coming on the show and enlightening me and our listeners about this awesome responsible AI toolbox. Ruth, if people want to follow you after the show and hear more about this tool or any other insights that you might have about the industry, how should they follow you? Um, so my Twitter handle is Ruthie, so R-U-T-H-I-E, Yakubu, Y-A-K-U-B-U. Um, and that's how you can find me on Twitter. And um, thank you so much, uh, John, for having me on this show. It's a pleasure. Nice. Thanks to Ruth for coming on and providing us with such practical guidance. In today's episode, she covered the six responsible AI principles that Microsoft adheres to and that we ourselves can use as a template, namely fairness, inclusiveness, data and privacy, including data provenance, explainability, accountability, and reliability. She then filled us in on how you can quickly import the open source responsible AI toolbox into your Python code to have a holistic visual dashboard that allows you to evaluate your model for how responsible it is before deploying it into production. All right, that's it for today's episode. Until next time, keep on rocking it out there, folks, and I'm looking forward to enjoying another round of the Super Data Science Podcast with you very soon. <laughs>